I want to go this far and say to you that, that if, if more than half of the time and energy of any church is devoted to what happens for two hours on a Sunday morning, it is not being the church, it's doing church. You're listening to The New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters and starters from across Canada. Hi, my name is Elle. And I'm Jared. And you are listening to The New Leaf Project. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. Today we thought it would be great to share some of our talks that happened at our last learning party in Toronto on April 1st. Uh, Lots of great people were there. Always a good time. We love our learning parties. Jared, tell everyone what a learning party is if they haven't been to one or or they don't know what we're talking about. Well, there's something that that actually we're hoping more people will decide to do in 2018. We would love it if you would host one of these in your area. So if you're interested at all in that, contact us, info at newleafnetwork.ca or jared at newleafnetwork.ca or l at newleafnetwork.ca. Contact us, let us know. What they are are small gatherings of practitioners in a region. And instead of focusing on bringing in gurus who know, uh, you know, come from far away and are going to give you the five easy principles on how to take your church of two and make it 2,000 inside of five days. That's not what this is about. This is about um, when I go to a conference, I tend to be the kind of person who hangs out in the foyer and talks to people. That's my favorite part of it. And so instead of uh, maximizing the plenary space, Uh, What we do is minimize it, and we give you lots of hallway and foyer to talk in. So people do short presentations, and then we talk around tables about what they talked about. And in this particular talk, uh, we are we're at this learning party. We met in the space uh, called the Sanctuary. It's right in downtown Toronto. Um, It is a brilliant ministry that has placed the poor at the center of their life together. Um, they've been at this uh, project since the mid-1990s, I believe, and uh, Greg has written several really important books that I think uh, um, Canadians should pay attention to. And again, if there's a kind of church planting that anyone could do anywhere in Canada, putting the poor first, it always works. Honestly, it's it, it the, the needs are continual. Uh, addictions do the same thing whether you live in a t- in a small town or a big city, and uh, I just I think the world of Greg he is a brilliant prophet. He calls the church to to its its first responsibilities, which are to the last, the lost, and the least. And uh, I I love listening to Greg anytime mm-hmm. he speaks. So this is one of the things that he did while we were in his space. He was such a generous host to us. And I just think it's, it's a, brilliant, uh, a brilliant talk that reminds us of our first things. So give it a listen and see what you think. Hello, folks. My name is Greg and welcome to my home. Sanctuary has been home to me, one of my homes, for the last 25 years, and uh, so I'm glad that you're here today. Uh, Can I ask, first of all, uh, how many of you just really don't know anything about what happens in the place that you're sitting in right now? Ever, ever, a bunch of you? 
don't know anything about sanctuary. So let me just just let you know that uh, that sanctuary is a community um, that places people who are poor and excluded at the center. Uh, so our community includes folks who are street involved or homeless, people who are struggling with addictions, post trauma issues, um, mental illness, um, deep poverty of one kind or another, and so that's. That's really key to understanding how our community has evolved here. Um, so we're talking about forming community and placing those kinds of people at the center of it. And I want to start off by, by saying that I think, uh, I think we need to, to recognize that actually this is simply the teaching of the gospel. If we, if we pay attention to the teaching of Jesus in the gospels, we realize very quickly that the people who are at the center of the kingdom of God are, are actually not people like you and me. We're not at the center of the kingdom of God. We think of it that way. We think of ourselves being at the center and facilitating everybody else to come in. But the reality is that, that people who are privileged, educated, uh, relatively speaking, wealthy and secure are not the people that Jesus says are at the, kingdom of God, at the center of the kingdom of God. Um, he says very clearly that it's people who are poor in spirit. And that, that phrase, incidentally, means spirit, people who are spiritually bankrupt. Uh, it's people who are who are um, crushed by loss and mourning in their lives. Uh, it's people who are meek, which nobody, have you ever met anybody who wants to be meek? I haven't. Um, meekness in this context means people who are being pushed to the margins, people who are always shoved out. Okay? So those, and we could go on through the Beatitudes, but that's, those are the kinds of people that Jesus says are the, at the center of the kingdom of God. So when I started here in March of 1992, um, I came as a, sent as a missionary from a suburban church, uh, a brethren church, very strong sense of, of, uh, of coming to announce the gospel and personal salvation to, to people who are street involved. I'd had involvement with, with street stuff before, um, played in a band in, in uh, bars for years before that as well, and that was part of, of what, what informed uh, how we were approaching things. Um, and so I spent about a year just walking around on the street alone, listening to people and talking to people, and then slowly we began to gather and share meals together, and things happened very, very organically. At the time that I began here... Um, a lot of people would ask me, so are you going to plant a church? And I would laugh and I would say, if there's a church ever to be planted at sanctuary, it'll, at, at this place, it didn't, wasn't even called sanctuary yet, uh, it, it'll take a good 10 years. Because what I was assuming needed to happen was that people who were struggling with the kinds of issues I knew people were struggling with in, in this context, they'd have to get saved. And then they need to be discipled. And then they need to address their addictions. And then they need to get housing and jobs. And then maybe we could talk about starting a church. That's kind of what my, my level of assumption was. Because I assumed that the center of the kingdom of God was people who looked like me. I came with a deep understanding or belief that, that uh, I was coming to be the presence of Christ in the downtown core and discovered to my surprise that he got here before me. He was here already. He was already at work. And he was already at work in the midst of his people. So after we'd been here for about three years, we, we had been meeting on Sundays every couple of weeks. And it was just an informal gathering of a handful of people, some of whom were middle class folks like me who were involved um, in trying to do this work. I was the only person who was here on a full-time basis, but, but a small group. 
um, and and we gathered on on every couple of Sundays, and we would we would read some scripture and usually share communion together. Um, and over that period of time, some people from the street had started to join us. So we were having these gatherings downstairs, just kind of sitting in a circle. And people started to say, is this a church? Maybe we should be a church. Maybe we should start to become a church. And I was the person who was saying, no, 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 please, let's not go there. Because I was still living uh, in Richmond Hill in the suburbs. Uh, I had uh, a wife and four little kids. And I was an elder in the church that had sent me. And I was doing preaching on a regular basis there. And I was running on fumes, frankly, already. And, and I knew that if we started something here, I, something would have to give. I could not see how it would happen. Uh, so I was facilitating this conversation, but not terribly open to it, uh, frankly. And until, um, uh, until the, as we talked around the circle, the, the middle class people were using words like church and fellowship and congregation and so on. Um, and there was a couple of street guys who were sitting there, and one of them was a really tough little street fighter, this is Dana, um, sitting there and, you know, tattooed to the knuckles back before everybody had to, tattoos. And, um, and he, he was a really hardcore street guy. Uh, and he was sitting there listening to all this, and he kind of went, congregation. This isn't a congregation. This is a family. And then another guy spoke up after a little bit more conversation, and and we were still kind of dithering. There was a a deep moment of silence when Dana said that we were family. And then there was a little bit more conversation, and a guy named Richard spoke up, and Richard said, look, if we don't do this, if we don't start gathering as a church on a weekly basis, we will die And what he meant by saying that was not, we will wither as a group and we will cease to function. What he meant was, me and Dana and my brothers and sisters from the street will die alone in an alley somewhere with a needle in our arms. That's what he meant. And those were two prophetic words that we could not ignore as a community. Now, the interesting thing is that word of prophecy, those words of prophecy came not from the people that we thought were at the center of the kingdom of God, but from the people who actually are at the center of the the kingdom of God. They came from people who were poor, excluded, traumatized, addicted, etc. And and so not only did we have to listen to that and respond, but we had then to figure out how do we form a community of faith in which those people are at the center and not us. And that's the big challenge that I have to describe to you now in two minutes. Um, The reality is that we have to deal with issues of power, and we have to deal with issues of assumed power. We have to deal with the, with a recognition that when we try to lead services, and we always talk about leading services, I want to say to you that the word lead is a problem, and the word service is a problem. If we are leading, we are talking about power. And we need to talk perhaps about facilitating rather than leading. 
I'll just leave that one there. We need to think not about services, but about relationship and community and, and being in, in organic relationship like that together because a service is uh, provided to people who consume the service. And, and to be honest, that's mostly what churches do. We go to church services and we sit there as a bunch of consumers and we, reserve, we, we receive a service that's been provided by a hired professional, a group of uh, prof- professionals and, and volunteers. And we receive a service that's provided, we consume that service. And what we don't do is have a sense of community and belonging together. I want to go this far and say to you that, that if, if more than half of the time and energy of any church is devoted to what happens for two hours on a Sunday morning, it is not being the church, it's doing church. And mostly what we talk about when we talk about the church is about doing church. It's about how we do worship or how we do the teaching time or how we do Bible study or how we do all of that sort of stuff instead of talking about being the church because what Richard and Dana taught us was that we needed to be a community of people who were living our lives together seven days a week in some deep fashion. Now, I can't go on... uh, I'm, way past, I'm past my time already. So I can't go on and, and describe to you how, how all that happens. But those are the challenges that we have. And when we begin to say that the people who are really at the center of the thing are the, are the people that Jesus identified, the people who are poor and excluded everywhere else, it radically changes the character of everything that we do and how we conceive of community. It doesn't mean that those of us who are wealthy and privileged don't have a place. What it means is that we are rightly oriented now. Right? We place people who are poor and excluded at the center, and now we're all looking in at the same thing. And now I know what my place is. My place is not to lead or dominate or or retain power for myself. My, My place actually is to facilitate and to care for others and to share that care and also to be open to being cared for by the brothers and sisters in my community. Um, I better stop now or I'll go on forever. That was Greg Paul from the Sanctuary Church, one of our learning party talks that we had at our last learning party event in April 1st. Greg is a name that I have heard mentioned in so many circles and absolutely nothing but respect and honor um, has always been spoken about him. And he's an author of a number of books as well. Do you have a list there of some of his books? Yeah, yeah. So so he takes and, and he develops his theology in a lot of his writing, and I have mm. really appreciated what he's written. So he's written books. Uh, this is probably one of the more famous ones called God in the Alleyway, Being and Seeing Jesus in a Broken World. It's a brilliant book. He did another one called The 20-Piece Shuffle, Why the Poor and Rich Need Each Other. Hmm. His newest book um, is called Simply Open, A Guide to Experiencing God in the Everyday. And he's also written Close Enough to Hear God Breathe, The Great Story of Divine Intimacy. All of these books, uh, each of them develop uh, Greg's philosophy of ministry from a variety of different angles. And the work that the sanctuary does and the uh, the respectful way that they do that work um, is honestly, it's a pattern that anybody could follow. And uh, so, you know, if you 
were listening to Greg speak and you wanted to get involved, you want to support the work that he's doing, or you yourself would like to get involved, I just encourage you to go and check out uh, uh, his church. It's called The Sanctuary. If you want to find them online, it's sanctuarytoronto.ca. Um, and it is an absolutely uh, brilliant um, church pointing methodology to place the poor first. And I think uh, many of the reasons our church plants don't work is because we aren't following uh, God's plan for it. And I just love the way Greg keeps calling us back to uh, putting the poor first. Brilliant church, brilliant guy, and a brilliant talk. Um, so, L, if people wanted to do a learning party, basically, uh, what, what would they need to do? Well, they would need to reach out to us, let us know that you're interested in doing one. We can help you along. But essentially what you do is you try to find people in your area um, who are doing interesting things or trying new things or have stories of failure or success or challenge and really bring them together. Um, it's usually a day-long event. It's uh, one day, usually, you know, nine to four, nine to five kind of thing. Have some lunch, connect, roundtable conversations. And essentially you're hearing from your peer group. You're hearing from people in your city, in your area that are doing interesting things. And like Jared said, there's no guru. There's no special speaker that's coming. These are just people in your area that are doing things and you get to meet and connect uh, with people. And so we would be happy to help you host a learning party in your city, in your town, in your village, uh, wherever it is that you live. Um, it would be a privilege for us. Learning parties are so much fun. You connect with people you previously didn't know. You hear stories that you didn't even know of things that were happening. Um, everyone I've ever been to and everyone I know who's gone to one has thoroughly enjoyed them. I think that's why there's success and people keep coming back is because it's a really great way to connect with other like-minded individuals who are trying new things. I and mean, sometimes it's nice to be around people you don't feel like you're alone, especially when you're church planting or you're working through something. It's so great to be with other people who are doing the same kind of stuff or people who are thinking about planting a church. So uh, it's always good times. I love the learning parties. It's one of my favorite things that we do at the New Leaf Network. So if you're interested in having one, send us over an email, l at newleafnetwork.ca, jared at newleafnetwork.ca. Hit us up on the website. We would love to help you have something like this. Yeah, we'll make it as simple for you as possible. Um, the learning party that, that we hosted on April 1st was the first time that Bernard and uh, Joe Abbey Colborn uh, had ever put on themselves. So we, uh, we came alongside them, we worked with them on their idea, helped them uh, find some people uh, to connect with, we helped them with the registration, and uh, we try to make it just as simple uh, a process as possible. So if you're at all interested, like Elle said, let us know and we'll try and help you put one on where you live. And uh, maybe you can inspire others to, uh, to get up out of that pew, get up out of their seat and try something new, start something new. You can always connect with us on the website, newleafnetwork.ca. Check out us, us out on our Facebook page. Lots of conversation going on there with the blog posts and podcasts. Our events page is always on the move with new and interesting things happening. So keep Keep in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any stories of people doing interesting new things or just doing good work here in the Canadian soil, let us know. We'd love to connect with them. Well, friends, that's it for this episode. We are grateful to have you tuning in with us, hanging out with us. Please, if you like what you heard, 
please share it on Facebook. That really helps us expand our audience. Please send us some comments. Uh, we'd love to interact with you. Stay tuned, friends. And uh, seriously, give that learning party idea some serious thought. Maybe give it a try. All right, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, friends. Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and stars all across Canada.